Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today is PGA Championship Storylines, Best Bets, and Sleepers. We are three wide for this episode. Joining us all the way from San Francisco, he is bundled up in his hotel room. Mark Immelman, (laughs) welcome in. I'm so excited to be cold. I cannot tell you, and it is chilly outside, even though the sun's shining. But I woke up this morning, went for a little walk. Our hotel's right on the bay here, which is pretty, and uh, it's nice to be here. It took a while to get here, um, given weather yesterday, but uh, we're here and we're ready, and we await the results of my COVID test, which I took earlier this morning, and if we pass that uh, on site tomorrow morning, first thing. There you go. Fingers crossed for Mark. Also joining us all the way from the content shed. It's Kyle Porter. What up, KP? Mark sounds like Jordan Spieth. You can timestamp that, Jacob. He 55 said, five uh, seconds. If, if we if we pass the test, did <laughs> who else was taking it, Mark? Did you have a caddy? Uh, well, I mean, it was in our entire announce crew. There was Ballyonis okay. there, Baker like Finch, and Nobolo, and Montgomery. Didn't see Jim Nance this morning. I saw Jim Nance. I just got off a call with Jim Nance. He had a hat on. Never seen him in a hat. It was it was incredible. It was, was it like, like a, a truck, like a trucker hat or like a beanie sort of truckerish. I think the back was, it was a, it was a vineyard vines, no free oh. ads. Sorry, but, uh, shout we'll out to, it. shout out to, to, to Jim Nance for so, his. So fellow was on that call too, wasn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah. He didn't have a hat on. No, I saw him. Uh, he, he went for his test this morning too. Anyway, but that's beside the point. Useless information. And no information is useless, Mark. Uh, Let's jump right into the storylines because there is a lot to talk about. And this is Driving the Tour presented by Volvo and a guy who has driven the tour for what seems like two straight decades is Tiger Woods and he is pursuing career major number 16. Mark Immelman, you are there on site. I think the big Maybe the big Tiger storyline of the week is the weather and how this pertains to his back because he already gave us a quote that said something to the effect of, I will have less range of movement or range of motion this week. Uh, Yeah, that is the truth. Uh, And I think if anything, from what I've seen so far, again, I haven't been on site, but I've been watching the telecast at all hours of the morning after I arrived last night. the, the pre-games, if you will. And and his swing looks fluid, but I could see that there wasn't, you know, full-blooded speed to the thing. Now, oftentimes, Tiger in practice never really goes full speed. Uh, in fact, before around a golf, he never really swings full speed either, except for one or two tee shots before he lets go, before he heads out. So, yes, I think the physical well-being is certainly important. Um, in terms of the walk, too, because... There's something about the place when I was here last that even though it's not very up and down, 
it's just a it's a challenging walk because of just the the the, the underfoot conditions. So this place is going to challenge you physically, mentally, and and this morning, like I say, when I was outside, it was downright frigid. I mean, folks were out there with beanies, beanies and such, and and there'll be an early time and a late time Thursday, Friday. So throughout the day, from what I've heard from folks, the warmest it's gotten has been like you know, late 60s, 60s. And then if that mist rolls in, it's even colder. And we've seen Tiger for two days straight now with a cashmere sweater on where some of the guys in the afternoon have just been in shirt sleeves. So I'm with you. I think the well, uh, the, the health and the well-being and certainly the condition and the flexibility of the bank back is the big question. It's going to be an 833 local time tee off on Thursday for Tiger Woods, Kyle, and what we've kind of been battling with, or I guess Tiger has been battling with this, the, the rest versus reps, the roll of the dice, getting the back ready or hoping that it's ready. Uh, it's going to be a test Thursday, Thursday morning. It's going to be a little frigid out there. Yeah, it is. I've gone, I feel very conflicted about Tiger this week. I've gone kind of back and forth on this. I was talking about this on HQ and I, w- I want to get your take on it as well, Rick, because uh, I think you're you're good on this Tiger stuff and specifically with like kind of the course setup. So the, the pros is that Tiger's hitting it well. He hit it well at Memorial, specifically with his irons. Wasn't great with the driver. He's never really great with the driver. He's kind of just okay and everything else is elite. Um. He has never lost at this course. He's six and zero. Uh, he won the WGC in 05. He went five and zero at the President's Cup in 09. Didn't play in the 15 WGC. Um, and it's a major. And like, if it's playing difficult, I trust Tiger to grind out pars and bogeys when he needs to, and whatever. That's the style that I usually like him in. But if you're if you're racking up the cons list, I, I keep going back to Beth Page. And and I, I I'm curious about when Mark gets out there and kind of gets the lay of the land, but it feels Beth Pagey. It feels like really long, wet, cold, um like just a, a scenario in which you're like, is there only like seven guys that can win this? Because you have to be so like everybody's gonna hit it in the rough. You have to be so long that you're hitting nine irons and wedges rather than trying to rip a five iron through that rough i just I, it, it it almost feels like we haven't even gotten to thursday and there's only like seven guys that can win it i don't know if that's how it's going to play out but if that's true then i think it eliminates tiger unless he's just pounding fairway after fairway which i don't think is going to happen I, I am I am interested, Mark, when you when you start walking around out there. I think the one thing and we've we've talked about this a little bit at least that keeps tiger so live especially in major championships is the strategy the the angles the the course management that he has historically done better than anybody like like that to me is the what 15th club in his bag that he that that's better than everybody else's but mark i I do think it's interesting if it does turn into beth page like i'm i'm more concerned Well, you, you bring up a good point there. And and all of the word from the golf course right now, for, from all of the players who just seeing the place, their first response is, okay, this is a big boy golf course. And this is a major championship sort of a deal. And, and he's been the ultimate major championship guy in terms of surviving the war of attrition. Now, surviving the war of attrition means you come mentally strong. You're bulletproof mentally. Emotionally, you deal with the ups and the downs. But physically, you've got to be there too. 
I'm saying two of the three we know for sure what Tiger Woods is right now. The third one, the physicality of it all, you know, with the cold, um, I, I'm not so sure. But the one thing I know about Woods is he was asked the question by Steve DiMeglio this morning. So after all of the fluff and Tiger was just offering his sound bites and stuff, DiMeglio says, so can you win this week? What's your assessment? And Tiger goes, yes, I can win this week. And so, you know, it's, it, that's obviously a guy who's come in here prepared. He knows what the challenge is, even though he hasn't been here, but he, he's, they've done their reconnaissance on what the golf course is going to ask you examination wise. And so they've addressed all of the areas. And I watched late last night, some shots he was hitting around the greens and he was giving a very, um, a very savvy assessment of how the grass lays and how you can spin the balls around the greens and stuff. So he is prepared for the test, even though it's just Tuesday right now, because he knows what's upcoming. Uh, we actually have that soundbite if you want to hear it, Mark. What chances do you give yourself this week? I mean, can you win this week? Of course. <laughs> there you go. That, that was easy. <laughs> it would be weird if he. It would be weird if he said no. Sorry, I talked over that producer, Jacob. You did so much work, and I just blew you out of the water there. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say about Tiger. Hey, well, I, well, well, I'll give you some time to think about that. You, we heard the soundbite, and you said it would be weird if he said no. Yeah. But the way he said it and the twinkle he had in his eye and the, you got the you flashed the million-dollar grin, not as if to say, Demeglia, I'm pulling your leg over here. You could see a certain amount of conviction going on over there because, look, it's a happy hunting ground for him. You said as much. Um, and, and I think if the body is there, if the, if the back is there, he's, he's going to be fine. Yeah, I just – I think that – Sure, he's confident going in. I, I think this is a different type of of um so I, I love talking about and I love that I think Rick just brought it up that the knowledge and the wisdom that Tiger has. We talked about this as it relates to Augusta last year. And I think playing the angles, knowing where the misses are, all these different things, I think that works at a uh at a at a mat at Augusta and at a open championship like course. I don't think it works. At a at a PGA Championship style with the with the like the Beth Page like with the rough grown up and all these different things because to me that's more about like are you physically capable of um, getting the ball out of this rough and and keeping it on these greens and I I don't think that's where Tiger excels right now that doesn't mean his swing is not great I think it's pretty good. I just don't think that physically he's able to do the things that not only he used to be able to do, but that John Rahm can do, that Brooks Kepka can do, that Justin Thomas can do. And if that's true, you have to be so perfect everywhere else that it just, I, I, think, I think the knowledge and wisdom thing works at Augusta. It works at St. Andrews. It works at Carnoustie. These, these types of places, it works even at a Bell Reef type place. I don't know that it works at a TPC Harding Park or a Beth Page or a Whistling Straits or somewhere like that. That's an insightful point that you make there, but I'll add to that too. That the one thing the real greats have always been able to do is react and make adjustments on the fly. And everybody arriving here this week is getting broadsided by conditions they haven't seen since pebble beach where a lot of them didn't play now That's pebble great. beach i love it yeah. so 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 the one thing that woods has got he, he, i mean he is off the charts charts mentally he's he's like a golfing ninja he's bruce lee <laughs> golf okay and and so there's there's just this way about him that 
whatever the, the challenge or the adversity is that suddenly is thrust upon one, he reacts on his feet better than anyone. And, and so I think from that point of view, what you say has got a lot of merits, but when it comes to adapting, he is also, if, if not the very best, certainly one of the best. All right. Well, let me take your temperatures on how we think Tiger Woods I this is. Too, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> second time today then for you, Mark. Uh, we'll see how you feel about Tiger Woods this week at the PGA Championship. And if you know the answer to this and nine others, you might be able to win four thousand dollars this week with no need to put any of your own money at stake. Just go to cbssports.com/golfprops to play. A link is in the description, so you have no excuse. There is a full tournament game and a Sunday round showdown and here is of course the tournament the question from our tournament long game KP we'll start with you it's very very simple where will Tiger Woods finish the PGA championship he can either finish 10th place or better aka a top 10 or 11th place or worse what you got I I had talked myself into a few days ago top 10 or better 10th place or better but I'm I'm leaning toward eleventh uh, or worse, so I'll go eleventh or worse just because the conditions. It just it just has a feeling of not a great Tiger week. Mark Immelman. Well, you know, after singing his praises and and, and everything, <laughs> 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 I love it when Mark does this. <laughs> you would think that I should say he's going to win, but um, I just have a sense that the that that he's going to he'll be a part of the storyline Sunday. But, but I just have a feeling that it's, it's going to be one of those things where it's sort of right on the, the cusp. So, so I'm, I'm going to go 11th or worse, but I think it's, it's close to the top 10. I'll, I'll make it a clean sweep. I mean, listen, there's a lot of really good players in this field. The, we know he likes it 95 and hot and humid. He's not getting that in San Francisco this week. So I'll make it a clean sweep of 11th place or worse. And gentlemen, um, you know, we have a group chat. It's, a, you know, it's kind of a crazy place. I said I think we should sell you know, nine bucks a month, you can get access to view the group chat. And when the featured groups came out, uh, Kyle Porter says, and I quote, (laughs) also, I hate the Tiger Rory JT group. Let's discuss that on the pod. So KP, I ask you, what's wrong with you? Well, I don't, (laughs) there's, I mean, that's a, (laughs) that's a loaded question that we don't have time for. Uh, we don't we don't have time to answer all that, but <laughs> as it relates to this group, I I, I love what um, I love what Augusta National does whenever they do their their uh, their groups because what they do is they'll put like if they've got Tiger they'll go like um, Tiger and Fleetwood and um, I don't know Christian Bezadenhut. Like the, the I'm waiting for Scott Stallings over there. So was I. <laughs> I'm trying to Keep get going. away from him. And and so what what it does is it it creates interest in 35 of the pairing of the groups instead of just four of them. So you you have these megawatt superstar like supernova black hole groups, and it's like there's it, it feels like there's only 12 guys playing. And, and I love when that's spread out throughout the day to where from start to finish, there's always kind of a big name, but then they, they draw attention to the Christian Bezadenhuts of the world. I, I could have picked an easier name to say repeatedly. Bezadenhout, hout, hout. 
Bezaden Hot. They yeah. they they draw attention to those guys. You're like, oh, this this guy's great. Like I'm I'm interested in him as well. And and Fleetwood is kind of fun. Like I just I like when when the star power is more spread out than what we're seeing in the feature groups. I I hear you. Um, but if you take it to any other sports baseball, basketball, football. I'm a big football fan. You know, they're just certain matches, games on the calendar. Like I mean, I live in the SEC, like Alabama, Auburn, you know, they're these games, Florida, Georgia, that, that are the spectacles. And everyone gravitates to that sort of thing. Now, yes, do I enjoy watching Georgia play against Louisiana Monroe? Yeah, sure. But there's more intrigue about these, 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 top billings, if you will. And, and I've got, I enjoy personally these, these, these top billing groups because there's intrigue. I, I love to see, you know, how the players react with it. I know McElroy has been vocal about not enjoying this sort of stuff. So, so I like to watch the, the, uh, the, the dynamics of it all and how the players deal with it. And then just from a television product, production standpoint, it's, it's infinitely easy. And I hate to get into the, the weeds of this thing, but when you got these stars together, it makes for easy production. It makes bringing the, the show to the fan a whole lot easier as well. I know why it's done. Uh, my, my take has always been that the groupings, like the hand selected groupings is the most unfair aspect of the PGA tour. I mean, the, the the stars always have to play with one another. Uh, if you like, they should just randomize it. If they want this to be as fair as possible, and, and that's I know why they do it, and I think it's good that they do it, and I I enjoy it, and I want to yeah, watch it. Yeah. But but like, isn't that kind of crazy that they that these are hand selected instead of just randomized? Well, uh, yeah, a little bit. But the the players are broken down into groups, and then you sort of get put in through the groups over there. I personally love what the USGA does when they put the groups together, some of the other things, uh, I'll leave that for a different conversation. But I love, I love when they can make like, well, this is a group of the most liked guys in the PGA Tour. And this is a group of guys that have uh, collided with the media badly over the last few weeks. And you <laughs> the theme of what the group is. And so I have a lot of fun with that sort of stuff. My, uh, I, w- I want to hear y'all's favorite non-featured group. Well, just your favorite group outside of Tiger Rory, JT. I- I'm going to go uh, Hovland, Matsuyama, Fleetwood. Just a ball-striking bonanza. I mean, just fl- just flushers everywhere. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be I, sweet. I haven't even looked at the groups yet, so you're going to leave <sighs> uh, I liked uh, – I- I'll do the Spieth one. Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Justin Rose. That's like I think I think the theme of that one is former number one players no, is what I think. It's uh, U.S. Open winners. Oh, U.S. Open winners. Okay. Uh, it's it's that's I love it. I love it. That's such a good one. They also uh, did. Let's talk uh, about- they did former PGA winners. They did uh, Keimer, Duffner, and Keegan or somebody. Well, hold on. So I'm looking at the Twitter account here. So they announced PGA Championship Twitter account announced. Spieth, DJ Rose as three. Okay, just as three former number one players. Uh, then it has Fowler, DeChambeau, Scott. Quote all three searching for that first PGA Tour championship. Yikes! <laughs> then JT, Tiger, Rory is PGA champions only because yes, that's that's Tiger's resume is the PGA champion. <laughs> uh, and then uh, okay, then they have the reigning the reigning major champs, Woodland, yeah. 
Kepka is is one of the other ones. They should have done all threesomes and then put some PGA pro as a single and then just done Brooks and Bryson as its own group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I haven't looked. Are they COVID this week? Because that's been a thing on the PGA no. tour. You were COVID positive. You played. Um, as no, a... there's there's not. There's there's no Dylan Fertoli, Harris English group. Or Nick Watney and uh, Nick Watney, yeah, yeah. guy. Uh, all right, struggling stars. There are, there's a few of them. Uh, let's talk about Rory McIlroy, who, as we know, won the 2015 match play here at TPC Harding Park. Uh, it has not been a good restart, Mark, and I've got the stats to back it up. I know you'll love this. So, Rory <laughs> McIlroy, in his 20 rounds since the restart, has gained a total of 1.8 strokes on approach, a total. So he's basically been tour average. To put that into perspective, his last 20 rounds before the shutdown, he's gained he gained 21 strokes. So he went from one stroke per round on the positive to basically being tour average and uh, it hasn't been it hasn't been good by his own standards. Okay, that's very impressive stuff. I believe Thank you it's going stuff <laughs> as as I look through the numbers here, I just see basically one bad day out of four. And, and the key to winning events, especially major championships, and I'm going to drop a name here, PGA champion, Nick Price, you know, a great, who never really won until he figured out how to make his bad day good, whatever that might be. It might be, you know, dealing with pressure a little bit better or, or, or getting by your day like when he described to me when he won the Open, um, he had the worst warm-up on the final day ever. So he said the warm-up before the final round was ghastly. He couldn't hit the thing anywhere. So he went out over the first 12 holes and just played very defensively. And so he was sort of winning with his mind a little bit. And then when it, it became essentially a two-horse race with him and Jes- Jesper Panovic, he played a bit more aggressively and had the fast finish for the win. So it's, it's getting by that bad day. And sometimes that bad day will happen when you least want it, like Price had in the final round. And I see with McElroy's numbers, there's been one bad day. 74 final round Colonial, um, 72 first round Heritage. Played beautifully after that. Travelers, that sort of middle portion there where folks are shooting super low, his high day was 69. Memorial, final round is 78. And then um, last week, you go have a couple of 73s tossed in there, most notably the opening round, which was three over pass. You're playing sort of from behind the eight ball in a place where folks were making birdies. So this week for Rory, and I think tomorrow, uh, pardon me, Thursday is going to be a real big day because um, there's going to be a big spotlight on. He wants to go out and play well, obviously. He's alongside Woods and Justin Thomas, current world's number one. I think he has to get by that one bad day, and and I have a, a sneaking suspicion that might be in the first round. It's it's weird seeing Rory now the number three player in the world, KP. Yeah, no, I, I think Mark's right. I, I go back to last year at Bethpage. Remember, he was like outside the cut line on Friday morning or Friday afternoon or something, and you're like, well, wait a second, like is Rory gonna miss the cut? And then he bounces back. He goes 69-69 on the weekend. I think he was like the best two-round score. One of the best. Shane Lowry went 68-69. DJ went 69-69. So, he, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, he, he's maybe the best front runner in the sport. But to front run, you have to, you have to go low on Thursday, Friday. And I, I don't know. I, I think this is a type of course where I think Rory struggles when you get – 
into situations. We talked about this with JT where you have to different like swing speeds, different stuff like that. Like when you can go just kind of full bore with the driver with um, you're just, you know, if you're in the rough, like you're, you have to just completely like hack as hard as you can. Um, these are, these are flat greens that are going to be, um, I think they're going to be pretty receptive depending, depending on how firm they make them. Uh, that that's going to be interesting, but it seems like, I mean, PGA championships have been very conducive to Rory playing great. I, I just, I worry about the iron play. It hasn't been very good. And we've seen guys bounce back after pretty mediocre weeks like Brooks and DJ recently. So uh, we'll see, but I, I don't go into it. I said like a week ago, I was like, Rory's going to win the PGA. And a week later, I'm like, eh, I, I don't know. Delete the tapes. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't tweet that one, Jacob. Um, I actually, on a pregame show for CBS, I, I picked Rory as well. And then I spoke with Duncan Carey from the 15th Club this morning. And those guys have done some fantastic work in preparing European Ryder oh, Cup. Teams. Wait, wait, wait. What is, yeah. What's the 15th Club? It's a, they, st- a, 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 they, they delve into the stats. They're like a stats <laughs> group. <laughs> <laughs> i love it what mark you're giving us data and stats right here let's hear it come on mark so, no i i just said so what's your take i was asking him about this and he said through their research for the week he said hitting the ball in the fairway is going to be the main the main thing and then also approach play from the one sort of 75 to 200 yard range yeah because they have a sense that it's, you know, you put the ball in play and the person who plays out of the, the, the fairway is going to have the best chance. So I said to them, the question you asked, well, how about the DeChambeau just bash the thing off the tee and play it from there? And they're like, you know, it's going to be difficult because around the greens, there's going to be more blasting out of heavy rough and bunkers than what there's going to be chipping. So it's hard to figure that metric. But when he said the 175 to 200 yard range, that is sort of kind of in McElroy's wheelhouse. Now, this is from what I've seen. You guys can tell me yes or no with the numbers. So, so I've, I'm sort of back on the Rory train a little bit by going, okay, well, this is an area of the game where you're not exposing, say, a weakness with having to hit a soft wedge like JT did so well last week. Yeah, that's a that's really, really good insight, Mark. Look at uh, me with the stats, man. Come on now. No, that, that's great. Uh, so approaching the green for Rory from, what would you say, 175 to two. To two hundred, yeah. he's sixth on tour. Look at that! No, I, I didn't even need a computer for that. I'd just been watching golf, and he's fifth in of guys who are in this field, I believe, because John Sendin is first. He's not in this field, <laughs> so even so, even better. Great. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, all jokes aside, that's really good insight, Mark. That's that's really helpful. That's really uh, great stuff. Let's run through these other ones uh, qu- a little bit quicker here because I've got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's okay. So the outline says John Rahm, world number one for a Fortnite. I thought it said John Rahm is the world number one at Fortnite. I thought he was playing. I thought he was playing video games, which would be impressive too if he was both the number one player in the world and the number one Fortnite player. Uh, Mark, it's uh, it was a cup of coffee at, at the top and before Justin Thomas took it away from him. Uh, he played. I don't know. Played better on Sunday last week. What what what's our expectation from John Rahm heading into the PGA Championship? He does California golf well. Um, you know, a couple of his wins have been in California. Um, he said in his presser this morning that look, the conditions are very similar to where he's from, uh, growing up in Spain. You know, he's used to the cold. He's used to, you know, playing from this sort of grass. So it, it's 
his upbringing in the game speaks to his success that he's had in California on the PGA Tour. So from that point of view, I think last week was, you know, there's a lot to talk a lot to deal with and you can't really quantify the stuff very much, but you show up at a world golf championships event, newly minted number one guy. And that has an effect. I don't care who you are now. Does he want to get back there? Certainly. But now he can essentially almost free wheel a little bit more than what he might've last week. Uh, and, and last week he was in a situation where it just looked like the harder he tried, the more the ball sort of got away from him, you know, with some of the greens and stuff where this week, I don't know how the greens are likely to play, but you get the sense with the, with the heavier conditions underfoot, you're not going to see the ball rolling that much. Uh, so, so, so I think from that point of view, I, I, f- I feel like he'll, he'll sort of get back in the saddle. Kyle, the roller coaster Dustin Johnson uh, rolls on. So he goes win 80-80-78. Then he has a, what, T12 last week at the WGC. All is good in DJ world, it looks like. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. I, I think you, I just, I don't know. Like I, I go back to Beth page. He was great at Beth page. Right. Like, and, and so you, you look at that and you're like, well, if this plays similarly and I, 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 I just think it will. Like, do you, do you agree that it's going to play similarly to Beth page in terms of like the way the leaderboard shakes out? I don't know so much. I mean, uh, uh that, that's a hard question to answer. Rick. Um, I could see it. Uh, I think I, I understand where you're coming from there. Um, I don't Beth know. It's, it's a completely different examination. The, this, the, this you've, I, I see what you're saying in terms of last year, Beth page was cold. I mean, it, it was, it was raw out there and, and it's, it's a lot of golf course. This place is too, but I just get the sense that it's going to play a little different. Um, but how, like what, give me the, so I was talking to somebody about this on whatever today is Tuesday. And he was talking about how it was Andy Johnson of the, of the fried egg. And he was talking about how the, one of the main differences is that the greens at Beth page are really elevated. And so it, and so it sort of gives an advantage to guys that are really high, high ball hitters and long hitters, like a JT, like a, like a, uh, a ROM, somebody like that, even though JT didn't play last year and, and TPC Harding park is not elevated like that. But to you, to you, Mark, what are, what are like the main differences here? I, I think they're rough alongside the fairways. You know, from what I remember about Beth Page was I took a picture in my shoes, of my shoes in the rough, and then it was this lush, rye sort of an overseed thing. But these guys, even though it's rushed, lush, they can cut the ball, the club through that stuff still at decent enough speed. This is a moist, weird sort of a grass. I, I couldn't describe it to you, but it's, 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 a lot more punitive. I mean, when you start to hear golfers, strong guys saying there are situations when uh, if I get an okay like and advance it to the green and then other times I'm just hacking back out into play, that tells me it's a bit different. Where last year at Beth, two years ago at Beth Page, last year, last year, sorry, um, I, I saw guys able to advance and, and just the optics of the golf course at golf course at Beth page is different. Their bunkers sort of framing your way and, and the trees are well removed from the fairways. Where over here, you've got these cypresses that are hanging over. It sort of hems you in a little bit because you know, if you hit a ball into those things, they, it's likely to get lost in a tree too. So, so, so the optics are different and certainly the rough alongside the fairway to me is different. Sounds like web by like eight. Uh, <laughs> you, there, there's a case to be made for that. And, and I am, 
getting ahead of myself, but all of a sudden in my world, Matt Fitzpatrick is becoming a thing around here. Mm. Mm. Oh, you want to that's about we don't have time to do the Matthew Fitzpatrick putting stats stuff. Yeah, it's insane. It's not it's not I'll, I'll sum it up for you right here. The four of his best six putting events ever in his life have been in the restart. That ain't gonna keep going. No, it's not. Oh, he's found something. And no, he's- no. <laughs> Mark, just, just talk to your 15th club people. Just get, talk to them. Just talk to them. So then he found out that he's the greatest putter to ever walk the face of the earth. That's what he found out. Uh, all right. This one will go quick on you here, KP, because this one is just for this is the kp special thanks to clinton ward who left a five-star rating and review and asked you kp who's gonna win first jordan spieth i think you know him or tony finau i i mean neither of them (laughs) may ever win again i I don't know (laughs) come on Uh, Uh, i i think it i think it's uh this is a great question because I don't trust. I mean, how much would like what would Fina had to be up by on Friday night for us to be like, yeah, I'm confident that he's going to win. Like, twelve nine. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, <laughs> Guess <laughs> I'll say uh, I'll say speed. Get, we, real quick, Rick. Will you pull his uh, his uh, memorial and um. TPC, the Memphis event, just the strokes gain there because it while, seemed. What? So no, I, I, while, while you were going there, I was going to add, to, I was going to back you up and say, I've always believed you guys will go for the strokes gain metrics off the tee. You do, you do all the time. But if you want to win, you're going to make putts when it means something. And Jordan Spieth, despite all the travails from T3 Green, can make a putt when it's necessary. And that's the reason why I think it'll be him. Yeah, JT really putted great last week when he won the WGC. Oh, for goodness sake, man. He chipped the thing inside of three feet all the time. You're not gaining strokes if you're making three foot. So you, so you don't have to make putts. You, yeah. have, to, you have to have you a good on, short game. You hit it on a few par fives. You make birdies around there. If you miss, you miss in the right place. You leave basic chip shots. So that speaks to ball striking. And so you hit a basic chip shot in there and you tap, tap it in. Here's the thing about speed. So he's got, I, it's crazy that he's going for the slam because we never talk about it. It's always Rory and Augusta, Rory at the Masters. Can Rory get the slam? Speed's going for the slam this week. And he's finished he, in his last eight majors. So over the last two years, I guess. He's finished in the top 25 in six of those majors. And I think two of them were top tens. And it feels like he's like off. It feels like he's like outside the top 500 in the world at times. And yet he's found a way to just score and get it done at major championships. He finished third at this, at this event last year, even though you watch it and you're like, is this, is this guy a pro? Like based on the way he's hitting it, it's, it's so bad. And yet, to Mark's point, and you can't this the statistics sometimes don't tell the whole story. I admit that uh, he finds a way to score, and that's his greatest gift. And it's why when he's hitting it well, he wins majors because he scores and scores and scores. And um, I don't know. I I actually feel a little bit optimistic about man. How good would that be if Spieth was involved on the weekend? <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, uh, we we would need to send an ER to your house just to make sure you are okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but but I will say this, in a major championship, you ask any one of these guys, any one of them, and Carl, when you're out here again, Rick, whoever you are, I want you to get in the media center. When you get your question, say, coming down the stretch, final nine holes, 
would you like to hit better tee shots or would you like to make more putts? And then I want you to summarize those answers and get them to me. And then to that also, you talk about scoring. That's what Justin Thomas did in the final round. I was on a show with you, Kyle, where you talked about him getting by the mistakes he was making. And big guy, the statistics said he lost strokes. He made some pretty clutch putts there. He made a 30, 20 footer on nine. He made a bunch of ones on the front side that got him into position. Then he just survived, and a bunch of guys sort of almost fell away, I hate to say, over the final few holes. I love it when you argue with the statistics, Mark. I have I have Jordan Spieth's stats from the last yeah, couple of weeks. Hit, hit me with the, the approach and, and off yeah. the tee. So last week at FedEx, he gained 2.7 on approach, lost 2.7 off the tee. Uh, Memorial gained 4.7 on approach, lost 1.9 off the tee. Workday Charity Open, lost 2.5 on approach, gained one off the tee. And then Travelers, which is where this kind of run of good ball striking by his standards, started, gained three on approaches, lost only 0.8 off the tee. So I will say this. In three of his last four events, he's gained strokes on approach, which is something he has not done. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still scrolling. Since that, basically 2018. Is that total or per round? Total. Okay. So it's not, it's not great. It's not, <laughs> but it's not, but it's better than what he had been doing. For sure. And to Mark's point, like if he gives himself a shot – he he just <laughs> you know what I, I won't be able to do it but if he's in contention every time he makes a putt over the final 12 holes Carl, i want you just to send me a green check mark text and go <laughs> and then i'll count those up toward the end of the day and I'll, I'll show you why you know why he was the number one player in the world in 2017 because he was the he iron was, player he putted he was the number one iron player in the world it had nothing to he's he he was okay as a putter. He's fine. The, Let me stop. Okay, wait, hold on. Go ahead. This cat in used in, in route to the win uh, his last open championship win. Hit it out of play multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then would make a thirty footer and Grella, you go get that one. And then like, you chip but, the but you're, but you're pulling this. you're pulling single holes. What about the other seventeen holes? What about the other sixteen holes? It's fairway after fairway after fairway after green after green after green. Best iron player in the world. That's why you win three major championships by the age of 25. All right. We are moving on. But we will have this conversation plenty of times uh, moving forward. Brooks Kepka going for a three-peat back-to-back-to-back PGA championships. Walter Hagen, Mark, won four PGAs in a row from 1924 to 1927. So needless to say, this would be a pretty historic accomplishment if he could pull it off. It certainly would. And please do me a favor because I want to put a bow on Carl's conversation (laughs) when I talk about Brasson in just a second, okay? Okay. Um, Yeah, but look, Brooks is showing all the signs right now and he's got his crew out here and he's got uh, a little bit of the swagger back. I mean, look, he's always got a healthy dose of that sort of stuff anyways, just because of the, the, the figure that he cuts when he's out there. But I think last week was a huge step in the right direction. And, and I'm, I'm keen to sort of find out or at least get a beat on how the preparation's gone the last couple of days. Um, but you guys have talked about it and, and, and I will echo this. He has this thing where the week before he played, plays okay and then someone sort of says to him that week is like hey big guy you know it's a major championship next week and something happens he he, he said he goes he focuses more and you could see you could see the stick to that he showed last week you know he got off to the big starts 
And then stuff was going wrong in a hurry there for a little while. Yeah. But he all of a sudden comes back with a real quick nine holes that turned the horrid day decent and kept himself in the mix. He kept himself in the mix for a Sunday run. And, and that to me is major championship golf at its best because there will be a time when stuff just isn't going right. But the winner will be the person that doesn't panic, that doesn't get away from their plan, that somehow salvages decent out of stuff going wrong and keeps himself in the mix because as that happens to you, it's going to happen to everyone else. Just don't let that bad time get you so far behind the eight ball that you're having the final day 67 to finish ninth. If there is only seven golfers who can win this tournament, KP, I think Brooks is one of them. He is. And <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, pr- I think I like pronounced him dead like a month ago, three weeks yep. ago. And all of a sudden it's Brooksy season. You know, I, I don't, I don't understand. It's kind of annoying that he's able to do it like this. Um, I yeah, don't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be allowed to flip the switch for majors. Yeah, I don't I don't love it. It's just it, I I say annoying like he's great for golf because he's this sort of like he's just like a character, but he like knows that he's playing the character. I mean, the when he did the red ant thing with Bryson on or the fire <laughs> ant thing, when he's like, "Oh, there's an ant." And he's like, ah, "I'm just kidding." That, that's awesome. Like that's that's what I want. I mean, he he definitely like enjoy like thrives in playing that role and uh i don't know the way he hit the ball last week was unbelievably impressive i think he gained like eight or nine strokes on approach shots which is sick i mean it's so good and yeah i mean it's yeah it's just got the feel of another it, it honestly it has the feel of last year's u.s open when he finishes second to woodland and in that I think he's going to contend, but ultimately, I, I, I don't think he's going to win. You know, uh, you, you said it in jest about, you know, him making a joke about the one red ant or whatever with Ricky there on the seventh hole in the final round when he's in contention. Yeah. You know, most folks, when they're in that place contending for a lead, are not finding any time to make a joke with your caddy. So that speaks to the comfort level of the dude where he's like, I'm all right. Stuff's, I'm grinding. Stuff's going wrong. Stuff's going right. But I still kind of believe in me. So, I mean, that interaction was, to me, just indicative of who he is. I, I love that. And the guy that he was kind of uh, needling is obviously Bryson DeChambeau. And, Mark, I think what we're going to hear a lot of this week is even though Bryson's bulked up and he's got this great strategy so far in his young career, and he's obviously different this time around, he hasn't been that good at majors. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I just quickly to back to the Spieth thing. Um, right. <laughs> Bryson came out and you two guys were glowing about the dry, the strokes gained off the tee. I mean, it was historic, correct? Correct. The one event that he won was when he led the field strokes gained putting and strokes gained off the tee. So you'd get those two things figured you're good. Um, but to Bryson, I think he's in a better place now because even though he had packaged himself coming out as the scientist, it was all this data and stuff and that sort of deal. It's like he's really gotten into something that he's now bitten into and it's palpable. You can get the sense that he has identified exactly who he is almost to a fault because I saw last week where it's it's like he's been gripped by, I'm the guy that flies at 350 and I'm going to hit it hard despite what's going on where the great major champ, uh, the great major champions to me, like a woods, would fire 
and fall back and fire and attack and then there'd be some defense and they're playing situational golf now i understand with bryson he's defined who he is but there's certain situations again and i'm getting to the statistics where statistics will tell a story but they're not the gospel there's certain certain situations where you can research the course and the course says if you drive it over here you're going to be you're going to more often than not gain strokes on the field but you know what the final round is not more often than not the final round asks you to make the decision that's appropriate at that time to make the number required to get the lowest score in the tournament that's just how it is so i, I think from the point of view where he's settled really on who he is i think that's a positive but he needs to be able to play a bit more situational stuff and not just blanket everything with like, okay, I'm playing the odds. What, what does he say? I, I'm just trying to be the house. I'm trying to be the casino. So he's playing odds, right? Yeah. But you know, on a, on a Sunday afternoon, yeah, money ball works, but the, the, the real genius is being able to look at the money ball approach and say, not here. I'm going to go with my instinct. To, uh, if, if you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I like that. KP, put a bow on Bryson because this is the this is the first time I see James Harden in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I kind of like him this week. Oh boy, I really do. I I think where he struggled is a place like Muirfield Village, which is to me more similar to like a, an Augusta setup or even like a U.S. Open setup, where you have to play these angles and it's just. Um, he won there, you know that, huh? Huh? He won there. He did, but not not the way that he's playing right now, which is just bashing it as far as as he can. And maybe this is kind of what you're getting at. But I do, but I think that style sort of works at a at a PGA better than it does at a super fast and super firm Muirfield Village Augusta National U.S. Open type type deal. So I I do like him. I don't love him at majors generally, but I do like him uh, in this week uh, on on this course with this setup. Well, we're going to find out who you guys like in our matchups. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. All right, gents, we are going to rapid fire through our matchups for this week. Then we'll get into our expert picks, a little one and done and best bet action. So let's jump right into this. Our first matchup, which on uh, kind of looks a little weird on paper, Tiger Woods versus Daniel Berger, I feel like is a lot closer than those names would justify. Tiger is the favorite, Kyle. Uh, do you have a lean here? Berger. He's, uh, he's finished in the top five in three of his last four events, including a win. He's getting it done a little too much with the putter, <clears throat> but he hit it well at, at uh, TPC Southland. I like him well, over Tiger. Mark? Berger's the ultimate Bermuda grass guy. Um, he's admitted this as much to me, and so a lot of those last few events have sort of been on conditions that he's comfortable on. Um, I, I'm torn with this. Uh, I, a lot of me wants to go woods, but I'm just going with a guy who's less likely run. I think if Tiger's got an issue, it's the cold and the fact that he hasn't just played very much. So give me a burger. Your burger has the highest strokes gained average in the restart. Thanks to that first, second and third place finish. But I'm going to take an opportunity to be the lone wolf and take Tiger Woods here. Brooks kept. <laughs> there you go. Brooks Kepka minus 125 versus Rory McIlroy. I'll take Brooks. Mark, who you got? This is irritating me to say so, but I'm going Brooks. KP. Well, if all you guys are going Brooks, I'll go I'll go Rory at, at 
plus 100. Being concurrent? I think I think that's that's smart. When everybody else takes one guy, you just got to take the other. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Justin Thomas minus one forty versus Xander Shoffley plus one ten. KP. Well, JT is my pick to win, so I got to go with JT here. Although Xander has five top sixes in eleven majors as a pro, which is crazy. Five top six finishes, but I, I don't. I don't. We've talked about this before. I don't. I don't go into an event expecting like Xander's going to be in it on Sunday. And yet I, w- I look at the leaderboard at the end of it and you're like, Oh, Xander's T eight, T four, T five. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Xander has more blow up rounds of, of like the top guys where he loses yeah. a ball. in one round. He just plays himself out of a lot of tournaments and he plays phenomenally the other three. So if he can figure out a way to avoid that or at least limit it, uh, he's he'll be awesome. I'll take Xander here, uh, Mark. Kyle, you you you're good at making these comparisons. I would sort of say that Xander is kind of like Matt Kuchar. You know, all of a sudden he just shows up on Sunday and he's inside the top five. Um, so from that point of view, I, I think Justin Thomas is going to come in here and really do work. I'm uh, I'm keen to see how he kicks on the play last week. So I'm with Justin. John Rahm minus 138 versus Dustin Johnson. I'll go first. I'll take Dustin Johnson here. Um, this guy's got no memory. He's all good. He's he uh, rebooted, and he's ready to rock and roll. Mark? Well, of course, likes to draw. Um, uh, you, you've got to move it in both directions, but largely if you draw the ball, you're okay, which is making me question my Rory pick and Brooks. But anyway, um, the – uh, Ram can move it to the left-hand side easier than DJ does. DJ does not ever want to see the ball move to the left. Give me John Ram. That's a really interesting point. Did you guys see what JT said about I got to figure out how to draw it by next week? Yeah, <laughs> that, that felt that he was kidding, obviously, but that felt a little, little problematic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think DJ. I don't know. I don't really know why. I'm the lone wolf. <laughs> yeah, DJ. Uh, Greg took DJ as well. Greg took Patrick Cantlay plus one ten versus Big Beefy Bryson minus one forty. Um, I'll also take Cantlay. I think Cantlay. This is a weird, awkward situation where he played well enough last week on the weekend to make me hopeful, but he didn't play well enough to like move his odds in any direction because he played himself out of it uh, on Thursday and Friday. Mark Bryson or Cantlay. I find it strange how Cantlay doesn't, uh, and I may be wrong, um, but I, 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 he doesn't jump out as a guy who plays well in California, even though he's from Southern California. And so from that point of view, I'm going to go with Brasson. I mean, the guy's just going to get at you and bash balls and, you know, hopefully make bums. I think Cantlay almost won the, the uh, one pebble this year, didn't he? he? Finished like seventh or something. Uh, Cantlay was T3 at Beth Page last year. Yeah, he's been okay uh, over the last month. Um, I'll go Cantlay just because of the number, the plus 110. And Wolf twice. Look at me. <laughs> uh, Webb Simpson, who I think we didn't spend much time on, minus 125. Hideki Matsuyama, Hideki Bot, plus 100. Kyle, we'll start with you. Hideki's putt. Have you seen his putting numbers, Rick? Uh, I just assume they're terrible. They're the worst of his career. How is that possible? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. He's losing a half a stroke per round on in putting. That's that is. It's so bad. Uh, 
Okay, but you, but 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 just to put it into perspective, you can make one forty. You can make a forty footer and a twenty footer, and miss a few short putts and gain strokes on the field. Where I've watched Hideki over the last little while, and he's making the stuff that he usually used to miss that five, six, seven foot range. And you got to you got to sign up for a healthy dose of that sort of stuff if you want to win a major championship. So uh, yeah, the, the numbers are are not completely accurate there. Well, they're, they're, not, they're not completely accurate. No, they're accurate, but what I'm saying is you can fudge the numbers by making two bombs and missing a few short putts. Yeah, over the course of like three tournaments, but not for an entire year. I mean, how many, how many events has Hideki played? Like 10 this year? Eight? I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, he's, I, played, he's played a lot, actually. So I, I see what you're saying, Mark, but it, he just, I don't know. Uh, I'll go... I'll pick him anyway. I'll go with Hideki. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, did you see how bad these putting numbers? All right, I'll take him. I'll take him. <laughs> um, Greg, Greg took Webb. I'll take Webb. Mark, you're up. Uh, Webb. So there's there's KP with Decky by himself. Ricky Fowler minus one twenty. Who you know? Oh oh, I was gonna say you know Greg took him, but it's against Tony Finau. That those are both Greg's boys. Uh, Greg did take Ricky Fowler. Oh boy! If you you want to talk right to left, Mark, uh, that's the shot that Ricky's had a little issue with. Uh, yeah, um, but Fina just cuts the thing. I, I'm going with Fina on this one. Uh, I feel like Fina. Yeah, I, I considered him for for my one and done pick for a while. I'll be honest. Uh, I'll take Fina as well. Kyle Porter. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. God, talk about two guys you don't trust. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go Fina. All right, Greg's on an island there. Victor Hovland, minus 120 versus Adam Scott, minus 105. Adam Scott playing for the first time in the restart. Victor Hovland, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he's played two majors. He was low am in both, U.S. Open and Masters. I believe that is correct. I will take Victor Hovland. Mark, what say you? Um, this is hard for me because Scotty has played really well in Genesis at Riviera and he sort of does California golf well because a lot of this sort of stuff is similar to, you know, certain areas of Australia. But you can't come into a major championship having not played any com- competition for how many months is it now? So I'm going with Avalon. Can, can we talk about how Adam Scott played with, uh, with two putters in the final pairing of a major two years ago, of this major two years ago? Yeah, that's great. That was insane. Uh, I'll go Hovland. I lost my spot. And now here we go. Fleetwood 120 versus Terrell Hatton minus 105. Greg has already taken. I will take Terrell Hatton as well. We got his absolute floor game or floor uh, event last week. I think he bounces back. Mark Fleetwood or Hatton? This place is going to do Tyrrell Hatton's head in. I mean, he's Carl, he's going to be air shooting stuff all over the show after seeing some of these lies. I'm going with Fleetwood in his draw. Yeah, I go Fleetwood also. I think he's going to. I think he's going to flush it this week. I think he's going to be good. Expert picks. Uh, let's start with our sleepers. Mark, I like. I like your sleeper. Who you got there? Bill Mickelson. Bill Mickelson coming in. You have some good play. I've been told by someone I trust um, that if you just miss fairways, the rough is really dense. But if you're hitting it kind of wide, if you're not in the cypress trees, you're okay. So <laughs> from that point of view and with him putting well, I mean, he putted well last week. I'm going with Phil. You summed up Phil's entire career strategy right there. Uh, I'm going with, 
The number 10 driver on the PGA Tour this year in terms of strokes gained off the tee, Scotty Scheffler, 80 to 1. Really like him this week. I like that a lot. If Phil wins, he'd be the oldest ever win a major by like five years or something like that. Um, Greg opted for Abraham Answer, 55 to 1. Answer is an absolute gamer. I'm going even deeper, 150 to 1. Ryan Palmer, who is having a great season, was awesome. T to green last week. He's got like a second at the Memorial. He was in the top 15 at, uh, at WGC in Memphis. I'll take Ryan Palmer. Uh, Mark, your top 10 lock is whom? I touched on him earlier. I'm going with Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's playing beautifully coming in here. Um, last week, got his longtime boy back on the bag, Billy Foster. I think they come over here and they play well. Conditions, incidentally, very similar to a lot of the golf courses he's won on in the European Tour in terms of what the greens and such are doing. So Fitzpatrick. I can't get into Fitzpatrick. I don't know what the deal is. I just I don't feel like he hits it that well. I might have a blind spot for him because I feel the same way. I might just be, it just, he's might be in my blind spot. I, I, I can't figure him out. I never like him, but he posts results over and over again yeah, in, in my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got, I got Brooksy. It's Brooksy season. Next three months. Greg took Xander, uh, which I like as well. He's knocking on the door. I took DJ. Uh, obviously I liked him earlier. I just think he's yeah. Kind of same thing. Let's just, let's just rerun the, the Beth page, uh, leaderboard back, uh, pick to win. I'll go first here because Greg and I have both chose Brooks Kepka. It's Brooksy season. This is a life hedge for me, gentlemen, because I've been saying you can't flip a switch for the majors. How dare he only tell us that majors matter and get away with it. So I'm yeah. just going to hedge this. So when he goes out and wins it, I can say, look, I told you he was going to win that golf tournament. Smart. So that's my, that's my strategy. Mark, you're up. Um, I'm actually going to follow your lead. Um, reckon I, I questioned the one time after someone won, I think it was Daniel Berger and I wanted to pick him the following week. And I was like, nah, he's not going to win. And then he finished <laughs> second or third. I think it was at the heritage. Um, I'm going with Justin Thomas. I feel like he's playing well. He's going to parlay that sort of confidence into another really good week here in San Francisco. Okay. The decade, the decade of JT. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to look like that on Sunday night. <laughs> Three. You you keep that thing there for a while. Look, I hope that happens because I might pick him as my one and done guy. But we'll we'll wait and see on that. Who's your? What's your one and done pick? Rick. Yeah, let's 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 do one and done. So I um so who am I actually picking? I've I have no one left. So like I've burned through everyone. I'm probably gonna have to pick John Rom because he's like the only guy that I even have remotely available. But if I had everyone available, um, I think it would kind of depend on where I was sitting. But Brooks is obviously great. I think he'll be very popular. If I was trying to make up ground somewhere, I'd probably just take like Rory. And, and just roll the dice on it. But for our one and done, I think you're going to see me enter Rom because that's who I have left. I'm taking Brooks. That's basically who I have left. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, who are you liking over there? I've got a bunch of folks left. I've got Rory. I've got Brooks. Um, I've got Justin Thomas. And I'm just trying to mix them into these last few events. Um, so... <sighs> I'm sort of leaning to JT, but he also does well in the Chicagoland area. And we've got BMW coming up over there. And I don't know how the money shakes out for that sort of thing. So if we're looking at the pure points money league over here, I'm likely to go Justin, but I may pivot late. JT might, might win the, like just six in a row to end the season. That'll help your bet. 
Yeah, it would. Yeah, if he can rattle off six in a row, you should send the wine right now, Mark. <laughs> six in a row still makes it like 19 he's going to win. 19. <laughs> that's so yeah, many. that's the crazy part. <laughs> but I have Dustin Johnson's career beyond that, okay? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I like, my play, I, I like my bet right now. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty you're, you're in good shape. That's pretty good. Uh, best bets, gentlemen. So Greg opted for Webb Simpson over Hideki Matsuyama, which is one of our matchups above. Mark, you are going to continue the love for Fitzpatrick and go with what exactly? Matthew Fitzpatrick for top five. I, I looked at this earlier. I thought I saw the odds were obviously pretty good. And, and, and he just, you know, he's the kind of guy you say you got, got a blind spot for him. He's not going to blow your hair back ball striking wise, but he's pretty pretty reliable. It's a low sort of penetrating ball off the tee. Gets it and play a bunch. He's a good iron player, and you guys talked about how he's putting well. And you know me, I'm going to go for the guy who makes putts when it means something. You'll get seven and a half to one on your money if that cashes in KP. Ooh, KP with one of the national. This is usually Mark's forte. You're now, dipping a toe in. I'm stealing it. I, I have Sergio as my low Spaniard. So it's basically, I think it's Sergio Rahm and, and Rafa. RCB. Yeah. yeah. And Sergio's kind of low-key been consistent recently. I think he's got like four straight top 40s or something like that. Uh, he works it both ways. Great driver. I don't know. I, if it, It's basically you're betting on is Rom going to stumble and have a bad week like he did last week. So I feel like that's a decent number, plus 220. Sergio was second, I believe, in the field off the tee last week behind, let's call it Baba. Um, my best bet is a top 20. I'm going Cameron Champ at 6-1 to one to finish in the top 20. He has the elite off the tee game that I like. And here's the thing with him. Okay, when he was winning Sanderson and Safeway, his path to victory or success was very, very narrow because everything had to go right for him. He's still not that great in all the other stat categories, but he is much better now than he was, I don't know, a year ago. So I'll go with Cam Champ, top 20, six to one. Gentlemen, that's it. Final, final words. You guys want to do 15? Mark, 15 seconds. Anything you want, whatever you want. I hope my COVID test comes back negative tomorrow morning. I hope so too. Thank that you. Now, KP, you can have the extra 10 that Mark left. You can have 25. I hope Rory wins. Me too. Just, a little, just little, put a little juice into the – like we got, we got U.S. Open coming up. We got, I mean, only 19 guys have ever won five. He'd be the 20th. I just – I want to just – I saw the, uh, the C- Golf on CBS account t- tweeted the 14 PGA when Rory necked that three-wood into 10 and made <laughs> eagle on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it was just like he almost missed it, I think. And uh, he ended up with Eagle. And I just want to, I want a Rory Major. I just want to, I want to cover it. I want to watch it. I want to tweet about it. I just, let's go. Hey, you, you know what? That five wood was cool, but I, I love the down fist pump, you know, when he gives it the down one to win. He did that on uh, 12 yeah. over there. And then he did it on the final green at uh, Eastlake last year to win the, the FedEx Cup. So I'd like to see the down fist pump. But check this out, Rick. I would actually like to see Jordan win, just to see what Carl's gonna be like. Can you can you imagine? You, we'll we'll never see him again. Oh, jeez! You can say your goodbyes now. We would never see Kyle again if Jordan Speed wins. Mark, you can have my Twitter followers. 
<laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, all right, gentlemen, we are going round by round. Obviously, it's the PGA Championship. Also, a couple of new things. Uh, there's going to be a live chat on the desktop stream that we will be uh, hosting. So drop on in and say hello. And remember that you can watch streaming coverage on CBSSports.com or the CBS Sports mobile app. Let me thank Mark Immelman. You can find him at Mark underscore Immelman. Let me thank Kyle Porter. You can find him at Kyle Porter CBS. I guess I'll thank myself. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.